Hello everyone. Welcome to Job Jumpers. You're here with me, Connor Mack. I'll be your host for this evening. Today on the podcast, I have Brenna Campbell, who tells me all about working in the music industry, being an extra on film sets, touring with a rock and roll band, slinging merch, and all about how shady and frustrating it can be to promote your own creative work on social media. And boy, oh boy, do I have a lot of experience with that. Anyways, without further ado, here's my conversation with Brenna. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Job Jumpers. Uh, my name is Connor Mack, and today on the podcast, we have my new friend, Brenna. Um, hey. Hi there. How's it going today? What's, what's, uh, what's going on in, in Brenna world? Too much. It's a cold L.A. day, which is weird. Yeah, uh, I saw that it was yeah. snowing. In, in mm-hmm. It's not yeah. snowing in the valley, but everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, the White Mountains. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, that, that that is strange. I mean, that that doesn't happen very often over there. No. Um, where where I, are you um, at? I'm I'm in the I'm in New England, so it's you know, okay. Snow great. is snow great, is very great. very common. Of you know that's but this year has been very uh-huh. funky because we've had uh, like weeks where it feels like it's spring, and then uh, mm-hmm. on the on the drop of a dime, it's it turns into winter again. And so yeah. <laughs> so the last couple of days, it's it was winter again. It's like everyone kind of wasn't prepared for it, and. Mm-hmm. You know the, mm-hmm. the the city I live in is is kind of it's kind of a shithole. It's 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 not <laughs> it's not the nicest. Uh, the, I mean, I, I I just don't think they they really allocate the budget very well. Um, yeah. So yeah. just the like, my girlfriend and I we were driving around yesterday, and uh, you know we're, we're we're driving into one town, which is like one of the wealthier towns, to go and get mm-hmm. food or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it's it's like fine, it's snowing, and we drive into our our city and just the roads are a disaster yeah snow everywhere you know mm-hmm. and and it, it takes us like an hour to maneuver around to get back home it was pretty pretty insane um yeah. and i just where we live in new england we should be prepared for this um mm-hmm. i think people are just kind of thrown off by the you know yeah the the spring weather mm-hmm. that we have yeah we have the uh we have the flooding, yeah. Where we are just not prepped for any kind of heavy rainfall at yeah. all. So yeah, that's it's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's going to be there. There's going to be different issues there in 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 obvious you know different locations uh, with with the climate changing. Um, yep. So that's going to be a lot of fun for <laughs> yeah. for the rest of our lives. Um, yeah, cool stuff. <laughs> okay, so when. You responded to my inquiry here. You know, I I, I mm-hmm. think you, you definitely have a very unique story, I think. And, and so I'm excited to mm-hmm. to get into it. Definitely different than a lot of the people that I have uh, chatted with so far. Um, mm-hmm. And to start this off, the question I like to ask that I will give a little uh, prelude to here is, you know, when when somebody asks you, what do you do? in a social setting or you know whatever a family setting or a business function they're they're 
they're asking you what you do for work. They're asking you what your career <laughs> is, but you know, the they they just ask you what do you do? And obviously I I think um for me that question has always really bugged me because I mean, you know, I, I do so much more than than what I do for work. Um mm-hmm. and that, that's just not what I want to talk about when I'm out mm-hmm. and meeting people. Um so <laughs> so taking work out of the equation, Brenna, mm-hmm. uh what do you do? Yeah, uh, I I generally like to say that I'm a writer performer because that kind of encapsulates a lot of the stuff that I love doing. Yeah, it's not the stuff that's paid the most money, obviously, but sure. it's it's the stuff that I think about all day, every day. So yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good answer. I mean, I I I would have similar if I were brave enough to uh to to not you know like kind of be like oh you know i'm i'm you know i'm kind of uh in you know i do a lot of admin work or you know whatever Mm -hmm. bullshit thing i'm doing yeah Um, (laughs) and so so now flipping that on its head um Mm -hmm. just taken in the way that they have intended it uh, mm-hmm. what do you do? What do you say when people ask you what you do for a living? Yeah. What I do for a living is very exciting. It's a transcript auditor. Ooh, that's what I'm currently doing. Okay. That, that, does, <laughs> that does sound exciting. Uh, what, you know, <laughs> give me some details on that. I, 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 uh, never heard of that. Yeah. So it's basically proofreading legal depositions. So I'm sitting at a computer listening through audio depositions and uh making sure that the stenographer has done a good job of typing it out okay makes sense i i uh i've 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 got a friend that's a stenographer i never you know realized it makes sense that there's somebody who who checks that that work to make sure Mm -hmm. there's there's no big oopsies Um, yeah it's surprisingly important for something so granular (laughs) yeah 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 no i mean makes makes total sense i i uh have you ever come across like just like big big mistakes that there are i can't think of a specific one but there have been a couple times where a a wrong word uh significantly can change the meaning of what someone has said yeah yeah (laughs) which could really really screw somebody up i can imagine yeah that's yeah it's, it's uh I guess it's pretty pretty important to be precise in your 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 wording and framing of things. That's that's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um do you consider yourself to be a job jumper? Uh yeah, absolutely. Every I mean obviously in my dream world writing and performing is the only thing that I would have to do, yeah. but um yeah. doing that and living in LA, it's expensive to live here. Uh sure. And and it's pretty common to be kind of a, a job jumper because you're you're just kind of grabbing little things here and there that'll fit around your schedule. So yeah, yeah, I know that 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 makes total sense. Um, you know, I'm sure. Obviously, that's the that's kind of the the media idealized version of of LA. Is you got these performers and they're waiting tables or whatever mm-hmm. to get by, and and I guess that mm-hmm. that that is reality. Um, yeah. And it's a lot more, uh, uh, that reality is, goes a lot higher up than you think it does because mm. I have friends who have, um, you know, they have their Emmy award and they're barely making rent, you know, yeah. that's, it's just kind of the, like, it doesn't pay as much as people think and it doesn't sustain you as much as people think. Yeah, no, I, 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 I believe it. I've, I've, uh, I've, 
seen a lot of very surprising things from i, I mean i it's, it's just with the internet you know it's like you, you kind of can can um put forward this veneer of success um mm-hmm. or people just assume success from from i guess what what you're creating and what you're putting out there into the world and mm-hmm. uh i i think that's like a really big reason why i did want to make this start this podcast was because um i it's it's kind of it, you know it's still a taboo thing to to talk about uh the the struggle and getting by and even if you are uh, somebody who who has a, a a greater status in the eyes of an audience. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's not always um, it, you know floating you all the time. And, mm-hmm. You know the the world that I'm familiar with and and I've seen it is like you know bands touring and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know I've I've just it's it, it seems to be a huge struggle and something that people take for granted you know i uh mm-hmm. they, they they don't realize kind of um how little the artist gets in in return mm-hmm. for their work and for their performances um, yeah that's a huge thing for me because my uh my dad growing up he's a bass player okay. and his whole um he's always been with relatively uh big bands mm-hmm. uh he started out with natalie cole before i was born and wow. then went into three dog night and then um Dave Mason, who wrote a lot of Fleetwood Mac stuff. Oh, wow. And, um, and then now he's with America, um, the okay. 70s band. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, he makes a, a good wage now. But those previous bands, because you're a day player, unless you are a writer um, in one of those big bands, you are solidly middle class. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... Just where you're at. And that, I mean, he's had great jobs. Those were amazing and fun and exciting and rewarding. Definitely. And that's probably why he hasn't jumped jobs frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because that's such a dynamic, interesting, um, it's an interesting job. Yeah, for sure. You're Um, you're doing what you love and and you're making enough to live. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely isn't the, you know, living in a mansion kind of lifestyle that's portrayed on uh, TV. You need to be making royalties uh really to mm-hmm. to to get that i guess that that makes sense why why the writers would would be working uh or getting mm-hmm. paid more yeah that that's uh yeah i mean and of course that's that's declined because of yes late stage capitalism or yes whatever. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm you know i obviously spotify is a hugely uh controversial uh, mm-hmm. hot button issue right now and the royalties they pay mm-hmm. and it's 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 awful you know um yeah and you know i just saw today that they're, they're they're kind of changing their platform they're kind of making a like a tiktok-esque model where where like mm-hmm. you know you you can swipe through artists you know video content and stuff and it just it just me it just kind yeah. of <laughs> it's it's like chopping chopping the art up into smaller and smaller pieces and mm-hmm. it, you know and uh yeah giving them the yeah that's an absolute nightmare for me because i most of the stuff i write is long form what i'm currently doing is i just released an album in july um and the way i write is yeah the songs are three to four minutes but i've focused on the entire album for about a year Mm -hmm. so it's it's long form in nature like i make revisions and i try to put real thought into it yeah and it doesn't really serve the current um 
uh, song a week yep. model that's mm-hmm. happening, which is just put out your rough drafts, yeah. put, show behind the scenes of those rough drafts, Everything put out content. content. Yeah. Yep. And that eats into your creative muscles. Mm-hmm. Like I, I the reason that I started writing this album is because uh, I got off Twitter for mm. a while and like yeah. realized that so much of my creative brain space was being devoted to how do I stay on top of this and how do I keep generating more yeah. out of this? And it's, you know, it's, it's the same muscle that you use to be bored and make some actual art. D- yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's very true. I, 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 yeah, it's kind of funny how, how Twitter has kind of, um, ah, it's, it's just become, you know, so much of people's lives and artists, you know, they, they turn into, mm-hmm. you know, personalities that, that are primarily known on Twitter. It's like, oh, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you make music. I just thought you were a yeah. Twitter account that I liked, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's very, very funny how, how common that is. And that's, it's cool to hear that, that, that you kind of maybe um, focused your brain power differently when, when you were able to get it's- off Twitter. Yeah, it's been the most rewarding thing that I've done in a long time. And now, of course, now that I've done that, I'm trying to pull all my friends off of it. And it's not quite as effective. Most of my friends are L.A. comedy people because Mm -hmm. I spent years in the kind of improv scene out here and UCB and like um, all those things. And they're very much still caught up in the short form stuff because that's how they get agents to notice them and how they get you know work and yeah that's just part of the process these days yeah (laughs) and and then you kind of gotta you gotta come with your your final product and and kind of sell yourself you know you gotta Mm -hmm. like okay i'm i'm i've put so much hard work and effort into this thing now i have to put even more into something i hate doing but yeah i want want eyes and ears (laughs) on this thing um Mm -hmm. yeah we'll definitely talk about the album and everything later because i did give a little bit of a i Gave it a, a, a few of the songs to listen, and and I you know I really Thanks. enjoyed what I heard. I think it. it Thank it's, you. Uh, I appreciate uh, that. Very cool. I'm I I make music, and I've I've put out um a, you know awesome. I put out a few albums in the past, and it's it, it, mm-hmm. it can be a uh, um a very frustrating process trying to <laughs> yeah. trying to promote it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I do want to start at the beginning here for you. Mm-hmm. I. I would love to hear, in your own words, your your job jumping story, and um, mm-hmm. you know I can interject along the way. Um, but if you don't mind, just we can take it from the top. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first the first job that I really got was during college. I started doing extra work in movies and TV. Um, it's kind of just a uh, uh, you call into a phone number. They say they list off here's what we need today. We need people who look like they could be in high school. We look, mm. we need hot young club goers. Yeah. We need, you know, old men for a senior center, anything like that. And you'll just call in and it's a really competitive kind of environment. So um, sure. you're just kind of calling all day and then you might get booked on a, on a film or a TV show. And um, yeah, so that was kind of my first job. I could kind of do it on days when I didn't have class and just, gotcha. um, so you were still in school, college and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was in, uh, I was at Cal state long beach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds and like then that shoot. lasted. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a real crap shoot. 
some of the sets were amazing and fun and some of them were just absolute nightmares Uh and um i worked on i think the worst set i worked on was transformers i'll just go ahead and say it i'll say it (laughs) name and i'll say it michael bay not fun to work with um (laughs) yeah that does not surprise me for some reason yeah there was a lot of kind of um a lot of those sets had had real safety issues for extras because extras are very much treated like props. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Transformers had a lot of uh, pyrotechnics on it that we were not warned about. And um, it was a lot of uh, just the pyrotechnicians running up and going, OK, please run as fast as you can, because this is <laughs> just going to go off and we don't oh. have any kind of. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So it was a weird, it was a fun job. It was really dynamic and you'd meet lots of very interesting characters because it's a lot of people coming straight to LA from, like I grew up in LA, but, but people came from all over the country to be in movies. And then this was the first thing they do. So Uh yeah, a lot of really interesting people. That sounds, I mean, scary, dangerous, but, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) exciting at the same time. Did you, uh, meet Shia LaBeouf or Megan Fox? (laughs) i did not they are the stars yeah i did meet josh Dumel in an improv class later but that was a different (laughs) um (laughs) different experience yeah 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 of course well i mean i i uh the the whole extra work thing it really makes me think of like uh being a substitute teacher or something because you know Mm -hmm. I've, i've i've kind of dabbled a little bit i haven't really done it but i've like signed up for doing that and so you get like mm-hmm. you got like phone calls and they list off mm-hmm. schools you can go to and, and sub at and uh that you can pick and choose so it, it's, it seems like a, a similar system to uh being an extra mm-hmm. in a film which is yeah. which is interesting mm-hmm. yeah and then um so i did that for a little while and then uh, it, it's ultimately kind of a it's it's a dead-end job for sure it's people do occasionally get their their sag after a card from yeah. doing extra work but that's kind of rare and it's expensive and then you kind of have to have another part of your career going already to kind of mesh those things together so i kind of just fizzled out on doing that after a little bit and then okay. wanted to devote more time to being a singer songwriter mm-hmm. so i um got a job as a studio engineer assistant okay um which was uh interesting and mostly kind of a downer to be honest really okay um yeah it's the first time i was in the music industry without the presence of my dad okay and i didn't realize how much protection he afforded me sure as a woman in the industry Mm -hmm. and it really was just kind of dealing with a lot of creepiness and being told I had to look a certain way and being told I had to, and this was as an assistant, um, things like you have to lose weight and you have to, oh my God. not even as like, the, the star, not even as the star, just, just a, a lot of that, that environment. Yeah. That's yes. Um, and, and this was also just to not that, not that anyone should be told to lose weight in yeah. any kind of work mm-hmm. environment, but for the record, I was 115 pounds and 5'5", five five, oh which is goodness. a skinny little yes. <laughs> little right. stick of a, yeah. a lady. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. so it was really more about just the music industry is all about just constantly negging women until they either quit or they put up with 
Yeah. That kind of abuse. Yeah. So that's kind of what soured me on doing the industry for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I, I do not blame you in the slightest. It's, it seems just like a very toxic environment mm-hmm. and, and all of that, um, you know, just misogyny turned up to 11, totally normalized, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, yeah. awful. Yeah. Uh, so not ideal. So that's why I kind of got out of there. And that was, I was about, I was 22, I think, when I did my last um, song release, which was a, okay, uh, which was for a contest. Did you ever see Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? I, I do remember it. I don't know how much I watched, but, but yeah. It was like Joss Whedon's like... Uh-huh it was during the writer's strike and he just put out oh, a musical yes yeah and and uh, that's that's neil patrick harris right yes yeah, yeah and nathan fillion and yeah. um they had a contest out for uh villains mm-hmm. so you'd make a video of yourself as a villain and sing a song and i that was oh, the last okay. project that i did and i i am on the dvd which is was oh, nice. very very exciting yeah that is cool um yeah it was really really cool and then so that was kind of the last moment when I did songwriting for a very long time. And then that, that's, um, that's all, you know, that that's really too bad. Um, before you ended up, you know, leaving, um, what, like going into it, what were your, your aspirations? What was the dream? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be a huge star. Sure. Yeah. I wanted to be a singer and a keyboard player and a, um, I'd had like a little bit of, of internet success on a really dear. I don't know if you're, um, if this was your, your era or not, but uh, were you ever on Neopets? I, I mean, I, I've, I've had a lot of friends who, who, who were into Neopets. Yeah. So I, I had a, I had a song go viral on Neopets. Oh my gosh. In like the middle of college. Yeah. And like, so like when that happened, I thought, oh, this is at, this is it. Like, I yeah. can actually do this. I yeah. got like two hundred thousand downloads, which is impossible to really feel that number. Yeah, because it's just numbers. But it, yeah, but, um, but I got a lot of emails. It's a, it's a and, big number that you know. Yeah, yeah, and so um, that was kind of the like, yeah, I want to be huge and I want to be a star. And yeah. um, you felt like it was and, possible. You've had a little taste of it. And I mean, yeah. it's, that's kind of funny. Cause it's, I mean, that, that stuff that happens to TikTok stars all the time, you know, like uh-huh. artists have songs that just kind of pop off on TikTok, and then that's, that's their big break or whatever. So, I mean, I, yeah. I had never in a million years, you know, what would, would I have guessed that Neopets kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> that same effect could, you know, be yeah. possible on Neopets. It was strange. They just had like this little pet spotlight contest and I'd embedded the song in the the little HTML page I'd yeah. made for the contest. And um, yeah, just got all these emails and people going, oh, my God, I love this. And like it felt like, oh, I could actually I could actually do this. Yeah, and yeah. it was such a strange, jarring juxtaposition to be out in the industry and nobody knows that this happened uh-huh. <laughs> that like the like the like viral thing happened to, uh, and two like separate worlds yeah. yeah and so then be told by the industry well you really have to craft this persona you have to be i had a a, a college professor tell me you're either taylor swift or Katy perry <laughs> like and at that time that's the like the wholesome 
uh-huh. nice girl or you're the the bad sexy yeah. lady and yeah. i was like i don't know which one of these i am <laughs> i don't like putting on makeup uh-huh. i don't like yeah. any of this ancillary stuff so i don't, I don't know what that means yeah yeah so it was a very confusing time for me to just be like well the internet says i'm valid but the industry says i'm completely like not anything yeah. so yeah 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 it's a weird weird time yeah that sounds very confusing and and, uh (laughs) yeah it it just it feels like you don't fit into the the pre-made molds that they that they have kind of assigned uh these these Mm -hmm. female singers or stars yeah Yeah, for sure so so (laughs) how long were you kind of like working in that industry before you ended up leaving so um i so this was probably maybe a year, okay. a year or two. Yeah, maybe a year or two, kind of just to the end of, it started while I was in college. And then when I, uh, by the time I was out of college, I was kind of done. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so you just close the door on that. You're like, that's, this is not for me. I, it's, it's too, you know, the, the environment is too toxic and it's too damn. Yeah. I kind of just, there was a moment where I, I where my my boss tried to kiss me after work oh. and I just walked away and I didn't it wasn't that I was like I didn't feel traumatized even I just felt like well it is what it is mm-hmm. and like at that point it was just like it had gotten so bad that I just was like well I don't even like like that was like yeah. a huge awful thing and like yes. I didn't even think of it as awful yeah Oh, man. Just minimized it so hard. And, like, part of that weird thing is that when you minimize your emotions on that stuff so hard, uh, you lose the ability to write. Because, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, at least for my writing process, my writing process is very emotionally open and, like, Mm -hmm. vulnerable. And so um, I'll have, like, a big emotion and then I'll be trying to honor it. And so when you minimize all your emotions, you don't have those big emotions anymore. Yeah. So you get really bad writer's block. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of was like, well, I guess I'm just, like, done with this. Yeah. So that's that's it. That Yeah, that's, that's a very awful way to end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's... Yeah. that's Ah, I'm 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 sorry that happened to you. That's that. Thank that you. Seem it's dramatic. Um, I'm I'm glad. I'm you, okay now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you've you've processed it, and you you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you just kind of moved on to other things. Yeah. Then I started doing. Um, uh, I started really getting into to comedy and doing improv okay. because I that felt um, safer. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody being creepy to you, you have seven teammates who are with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, who are going to be there. And it's fun and silly, and you're still getting that kind of boost of being on stage. And uh-huh. um, Yeah, you're still performing. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for a long time, and that's when I kind of just started getting to a lot of other odd jobs. And um, I started getting into transcription in general, which was just, um, it's just typing out basically captions for reality tv for the most uh-huh. part okay yeah I'm, i've um i've looked into tran- transcription jobs before and i mean mm-hmm. it, it it sounds like something you know i, I it, it does sound like it's boring yeah yeah it is <laughs> uh, it definitely is <laughs> and you know recently i have had the the luxury and you know i'm 
using luxury in in the flimsiest sense because i mean these are jobs that are just bottom of the barrel they pay me you know pennies but but i i you know listening to podcasts during the work day is like that's kind of like what keeps mm-hmm. me alive at this point mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so having to listen to something uh <laughs> to do the the job sounds it, it sounds like it can be pretty um exhausting yeah, it definitely can. It's something that I don't think I could do today. I think when I was when I was in my 20s, I could I could grit my teeth and kind of sit through the kind of yeah, the kind of tedium of that of just really some of the jobs a lot a lot of the jobs were things like real housewives shows, which is just a bunch of people screaming at each other <laughs> and trying to parse what they're saying and um it sounds entertaining. Yeah, it at can least. get it, some of it was very entertaining, but it was um, it was definitely it definitely requires a lot of focus. And yeah, you can't. I, I got to a point where I was able to just softly play film score music underneath it as <laughs> okay. a way to just try to relieve yeah. the. That, that's um, smart. That's smart. Yeah, but it's definitely it requires a full kind of. It, the ability to listen and your hands get tired and yeah, it's odd hours often because it'll be kind of next day and maybe they'll they won't get you something till 6 p.m and oh man so so it kind of was you you know maybe you were under a time crunch as well for a lot of these yeah there was definitely a time crunch um yeah but it was nice to do it from home and to be able to do uh comedy stuff while i was doing that so yeah yeah i mean and so that that kind of was was your your day job and and me you know in the meantime you kind of plunged into the comedy world how mm-hmm. how was that you know striking that balance um with these kind of uh sedentary jobs and and kind of like did you what you know was was comedy more of the side thing or was that your main focus and you just kind of had to do the the transcription for to support yourself yeah, comedy was definitely the main focus for me. Um, I ended up moving into an apartment that was kind of across the street from UCB. Oh, cool. So I could just walk down there, see a million shows, talk to people, perform there. I started doing um, accompaniment also. That was another way of getting a little bit of income in, of just accompanying musical shows on the piano. Oh, nice. Um, which was nice. Yeah, that was a, it was a good... That was one of the more fun jobs that I got to do is just accompanying people's ridiculous, silly musicals. And they'd throw them together in a couple of weeks and they just need somebody to kind of just do a scratch version of whatever uh, uh-huh. they need yeah, just to, to go to the show. A rough idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then I also started writing a book at that point. Oh, wow. It, that, so that was... Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's... I mean, sounds like a very uh, <laughs> long, you know, is that more of a long-term project? Yeah, it was. It it probably, it took me about, gosh, uh, maybe eight or nine years to finish that book. Wow. That so, was something that I'd go to and then go away from and then come back to and try yeah, to. Yeah, okay. And, you know, so so doing these transcription jobs were, you know, 
would you consider these more like gig work or were they actual company that you kind of had had like a set schedule or they assigned you a schedule um it was definitely it was a it was through a woman who had pretty consistent work so she kind of expected that i would take some every day uh-huh. so there it was technically independent contractor work i could take breaks but okay um yeah the 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 demand was was there for my work so yeah and and uh you know did you kind of sustain yourself exclusively with that over the years uh you know did you have to leave companies to go to another or or was it just kind of the same yeah i pretty much just stayed with her i was it it wasn't a high paying job but i was pretty frugal with my with my money and i'd also gotten a scholarship that ended up being not applicable to my college okay and they actually paid it out so a lot of that was me just sitting uh slowly draining my bank account yeah yeah i mean i i i've been there as well um okay and for comedy i you know kind of i'm very interested in this story was that as big of an aspiration as as music was um did did you push yourself or want to push yourself far into that uh world so i definitely so i loved doing i loved doing improv for a long time and i and i thought about wanting to teach it for a while and i I I think I had some aspirations to to do acting. It's it just still had the same kind of um feeling as the music industry uh-huh. where once you start getting into the business end of it, um you they end up asking you to lose weight and asking you to put on makeup and ask yeah. you to do a million things with your look and and you pretty much have to be willing to do anything on camera mm-hmm. for them to prioritize you in any way. Yeah. Um so I think that it also just, I was kind of emotionally detached at that point and comedy was a good way to kind of get away with still performing while not being totally connected to that. Yeah. Just, just kind of that vulnerable side. Yeah. Still kind of blunting your emotions, but getting, yeah. the, getting the thrill of, of performing <laughs> live. You know, I, 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 I totally understand that. And it's unfortunate that, you know, the both the the music industry and comedy or entertainment as as a whole really it it mm-hmm. seems like across the board it it's pretty predatory um yeah so that yeah it that, very much is that that is sad i i uh sounds like a very disheartening thing to have to experience uh again and again yeah yeah it's it's not ideal and and you find people the nice thing about about improv specifically was kind of there was more of a sense of community um, among people there, and there's more of a like you might not make a career of it, but um, you definitely have people supporting you and treating you like a human being. Yeah, in those non-paying environments, at least. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think it it kind of makes sense that it's it's more uh camaraderie based and you know like you said you were protected you had a lot of like-minded people so if there was a mm-hmm. a bad egg you know you you had people in your corner um mm-hmm. which is good and you know unfortunately when you get to uh working p- with people who who make a lot of money or are at the top of these organizations like 
you I think you probably have more of those bad eggs than than good ones and so I think that's where yeah. it can get hairy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm very happy that this is, you know, not the end of your story. I'm I'm very <laughs> interested in this redemption arc. We we love <laughs> a redemption arc. Uh I I, I kind of want to know how you know what it took to get back into the the right headspace where you kind of thought you know i'm gonna try this this music thing again i'm gonna follow this passion again um mm-hmm. you know what that took to get back there and and what it took to kind of um craft an album after so long mm-hmm. yeah so i uh about 2016 stopped doing comedy um uh, I had just started getting really hesitant on stage, and uh-huh. um, I had UCB's, uh, their motto is don't think, uh-huh. and a big part of that is about committing to the first feeling that you have on stage, no matter what, Yep. and um, I found myself hesitating when I found scene partners seemed uncomfortable or uh-huh. anxious, Yep. and so I just got it got worse and worse in that regard. And I started thinking of it as a personal failing, like, why can't I just commit to this? And then after a while, I thought, you know what, this is actually my sense of ethics that I'm mm. trying to, like, push through. And maybe I shouldn't okay. do that. Yeah. Um, and I love the people at UCB. They're wonderful people. Like, there are so many just great. Most of my friends are there and I still love them very much. But I just needed to step back from that. So I... Uh, quit, quit doing comedy, um, got really into just, um, I, I was, uh, working for a a woman who had a private aviary, started working with birds, was doing dog training for a bit, became a, um, I started working at a botanical garden, um, just really just like quiet work and working with your hands um, kind of in nature yeah. working with animals i i mean mm-hmm. i i think that's a definitely a fulfilling or fulfilling jobs i guess yeah it was a it was a necessary break um ultimately the botanical garden job because i was working at a gift shop it was uh it retail. became stressful yeah. yeah it's retail it's retail it's and and the way that i don't know if this is a countrywide thing but uh like holiday light shows are now becoming a thing at botanical gardens Mm. out here okay and it becomes more busy and less quiet and more flashy and and all that and i burned out pretty hard um too much stimuli yes yes um (laughs) i just realized i completely skipped over the two years that i spent touring with america um so i i did do that that sounds like a big thing to skip over (laughs) Yeah, it was. I did skip over that. That was before I, that was kind of the interstitial between quitting comedy and doing all this nature stuff. Okay. Because I was on tour for two years with them as their merch person. Oh, Um, that sounds like a, like quite the adventure. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, The guys are really great. They're, they are people who don't fall into those patterns with the mm. music industry. And some of that is my dad is playing bass with them. So yeah. it's kind of, but, but I also feel like if he wasn't there, they would still be good to me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you can probably get, get the sense, you, I, you know, I think we, we, we're kind of 
we can tell when people are being genuine or if they're just behaving because mm-hmm. they know somebody will put them in their place. I, you know, I think yeah. uh, I, I, it's, it's good sure. to know that there are genuine people out there at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they were great. The The only reason I quit that job is because touring can be really grueling. Uh-huh. It just, it's constant flights and constant um, going into food deserts where all they have to eat for lunch is cookies. And mm. and it's it's a lifestyle that's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I and they were doing a hundred shows a year. That's, yeah. That's a lot of time on the road. And yes, I mean, I, I was going to say, oh, I'm sure you saw some cool places, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like, although you probably did, I, I, I don't think you get to spend as much time in those places as, as maybe you, you would have wanted. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of seeing the inside of a casino or inside of a performing arts center. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to Brazil, but didn't see the rainforest, oh, you know, right. there's, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of, there's that kind of stuff yeah. where, where it is it's fun and exciting and it but it is also frustrating but they were great bosses just amazing bosses gave us plenty of uh break time and sleep and understood the necessity for for you know being healthy and and you know yeah not not run ragged (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, for sure that's that's a good thing i i can't imagine that that is super common because a lot of that a lot of, I mean, touring just, it, it does seem like a grind, especially at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. But that's, and, um, that's a cool experience to have, though. That's a, that's a, you know, cool that, you know, even if you don't have to do it forever, you, you have that um, mm-hmm. checked off on your, your, your bucket list, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like a real, that was a really fun job. And uh, that's when I finished my book was while I was on tour. Um, and then... Uh, so we'll fast forward back to my yeah. botanical garden mm-hmm. uh, retail job. Um, burned out pretty hard on that. Got to a point where I was um, having nightmares about the boxes I was unloading. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, they got to get out of the rain. They got to get out of the rain. Yeah. And uh, that was at that that's point. The worst. Yeah. You know you're in too deep when you have when you start having dreams or, or nightmares about mm-hmm. your your place of work like i've i've yeah. I've worked at in, in hospitality at hotels for like a decade and mm-hmm. i mean i've been out of that world now for like a year or so and i mean i, I still have dreams about it all the time mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's it's it really yeah. it gets into your psyche pretty deep mm-hmm. yeah so i oh yeah so i i was able to quit that job my boyfriend was making enough money that that i could just be a stay-at-home girlfriend for nice. a little bit. Um, yeah, very, very lucky. Um, uh, they America needed a merch person again mm-hmm. uh, for a couple weeks. We went out uh, to Huntington, West Virginia. It was uh, March of 2020. Okay. And one of our lead singers started getting texts from Tom Hanks. saying maybe you guys should go home i can see where this is going oh my goodness (laughs) yeah so um which was really really uh lucky for me that i got this one day of work effectively i guess they counted it as three because it was a flight day okay a show day that was canceled and then the flight back um but that gave me unemployment for the year so I got Absolutely. really, really, yeah, really lucky with that. Um, 
because I had quit the retail job, so that mm. wasn't going to give me anything. Damn. And then um, I sat for a while, did the pandemic thing, yeah. um, played Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Uh, got, did you bake yeah, got a lot of... I did bake some bread, nice. yeah. Made a lot of pizza dough. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. That uh, was uh, crazy times. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the idiot that worked all straight through it never oh, never man. had any That's time rough. off worked at a hotel <laughs> uh-huh. it was uh it was and i would have made so much more money if i just fucking took the the, the <laughs> unemployment like uh, so yeah that's that's one that's of my, rough it's one of my regrets but um <laughs> yeah but i um, guess you have that time to kind of marinate and and think about yeah I, I got recovered from my burnout I did a lot of gardening here. I'm very lucky to have a backyard. So um, got really into native plants and just working on yeah. on cultivating those. And then after about a year, um, got so kind of angry at this idea that the music industry could tell me that I wasn't valid. Yeah. Um, got angry about it and stopped minimizing that feeling and thought, I'm going to just do an album anyway. Heck yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to be what they want. And that's fine. Absolutely. Because like we're in a pandemic and people are dying uh-huh. and like, it doesn't matter it, who cares. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, that's when I started, um, making my album and, um, obviously I've got a little bit of Nepo baby energy. My dad was over <laughs> at my place in 15 minutes with keyboards and microphones and, you know <laughs> yeah that i mean that that's uh, a huge uh i mean that that is lucky but i mean i it, mm-hmm. it, but you could have done that whenever you know what i mean like you yeah. could so so it it's really on you to pull the trigger and act, like i'm going to actually do this thing um mm-hmm. awesome of your your dad to be able to supply you with all that um yeah he's he's very very supportive but but I mean yeah that that's it seems like it took a long time and and a lot to build up to doing that you know yourself mm-hmm. so so I think that's so how yeah. how did that that uh, process go? So I um, it was a lot of just sitting in my it's it's a lot of boring granular stuff with songwriting I tend to yeah I basically just have a I'll have a visceral emotional trigger and then I'll run all this like broad conceptual kind of stuff I've been stewing on for a long time and um, run it through that emotional trigger. I'll just be focusing on this, um, whatever it is that, that triggered me. Maybe it was a a memory that I had of a, of a, I have a song called party. That's a memory of a party that I went Mm. to that I felt really awkward at. Uh And I'll just be kind of stewing on that in my brain. And it kind of comes out all at once. It doesn't, it feels more like channeling than it does writing. For sure. Cause it just feels like my brain's telling me what to do and yeah. I just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, it kind of all comes out at once. There's not necessarily like a melody first or a lyric first or anything like that. And then I would sit and record and then, um, work over and over and over on getting the performance perfect. And um, and then after all of the... I, I put 17 tracks into this album, and after I'd done that, I brought them to uh, the drummer that I toured with with America. Um, 
and uh, went to his studio, and he was really, really um, gracious about getting it done really quickly and um, adding drum tracks. And then I uh, stewed on it for much longer than I should have, and then I finally decided I need to get somebody else to do the final mix and master because yeah, I'm getting yeah. too in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's, I'll be like, oh, this issue. syllable isn't emotionally authentic <laughs> enough. And it's just like, okay, at a certain point, you have yeah. to like... You, you, you got to do, you know, let the let the baby birdie fly away. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so then I, I got this amazing engineer, Kern Hogg. He's amazing. Um, and he... Uh, finished it up in a couple weeks and then i put it up onto the internet and that's and oh and then i i because i overworked myself on everything i decided i needed to learn animation and make animated music videos so wow that's i've done three of those that's a lot that i mean yeah i i've never dabbled but i do have friends who Mm -hmm. are are good at animation and um Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the things where it's like it always surprises you how much how much effort you actually have to put into it. It it's seems so much work. Yeah. And I'm like not I'm not a trained artist. I, I'm a doodler. And um, I I have a drawing tablet because my boyfriend got it for as a Christmas present one year. And uh-huh. it was just sitting there collecting dust. And I thought I should I should try this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's. I'm still working on animated music videos now just because I want to kind of fully honor the the album because it took a year and I don't want it to just disappear the way that that people put out song a week stuff does. Yeah, that, that's another thing that, um, you know, yeah, you know, bringing it back to the whole TikTok model and mm-hmm. it, the the current music industry operating at you know lightning speed i i i always think it's a shame when you know bands or artists they put out an album and then it's like it's done that that's it mm-hmm. like the you, yeah. you, you've got one day you got the release day and mm-hmm. then it just kind of like falls to the wayside culture moves on you know and mm-hmm. uh you know i i, I grew up loving Loving bands who, you know, uh, toured on an album for, for, you know, years and put out music videos and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of allowed the people to kind of dig into to the work of art as a cohesive, you know, piece. Mm-hmm. And, and that that is something that, you know, I, I, I do feel like a boomer when when I, <laughs> I talk like this, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I think... It, albums are are one of my favorite art forms and and uh you know i i obviously there's still a lot of people who who do put it put a lot of work into um you know writing and recording and touring mm-hmm. and you know doing the album their way but it's it it definitely is it it does seem like the world is moving on a little bit and yeah and and i think everybody at least out here it just feels like there's so much collective burnout from all of that yeah. Of just people barely getting, even my friends who do, um, who do podcasting, you know, as a day job where it's, it's like, oh, this is great, but the algorithm wants them to put more out. So they start yep. doing double episodes and they start doing, yeah. you know, Twitch streaming and they start doing, uh, whatever the little interstitial clips are, they're exhausting themselves and I'll mm-hmm. talk to them about it. And it's just like, they're just completely 
yeah. wiped yeah. from I this mean, stuff. You, you got to feed the content monster. You got to feed the algorithm and it will never be satiated. It will never be. Sa- mm-hmm. And that that is just um, really it's an extension of, of capitalism itself, which is mm-hmm. it, you got to feed the beast um, infinite growth. You know, we always have to yeah. have to increase profits um, quarter after quarter. Uh, so, yeah, the way it's seeped into art and entertainment mm-hmm. is like sickening. Um, yeah. But my hope is that there's maybe a backlash because that's the thing I desperately want. I have plenty of podcasts to listen to, and like, I I am I'm so I'm so proud of my friends who are are doing them and who are good at them, and like, I think that's a necessary niche. But the yeah. thing I'm missing right now is stuff that's like really really granular mm. and takes a long time, and you yeah. can't rush those things. Yeah, something more substantial something you can sink your, <laughs> sink your teeth into. Um, yeah, I think you need yeah. both. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, there, there's room enough in the world, um, in in the art world for for both, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like pop culture, Hollywood blockbuster, art film, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's, it's a big world. There's a lot of uh, people with different tastes. And I, I yeah, it's a shame that, that we... But, you know, you, you, you did mention a backlash, and I, I think after the pandemic, it did kind mm-hmm. of seem like we were kind of going to uh, reverse course a little bit. It, it seemed like people kind of maybe, you know, wanted something more real and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with with more thought put into it, it, it seems like there is a little glimmer of hope, and then we've kind of reversed course again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but uh-huh. I, I, I think it's awesome that there's artists like you that are kind of, you know, trying to to put a flag up for for that kind of living intentionally, slowly. Um, you know. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to like disparage anybody who who can't do that because I'm coming from such a privileged position to be able to not work right now sure. and to be able to like not have to worry about am I going to eat this week? Yeah, but yeah. like I know there are other people who are in my position who aren't doing that, and instead they're like, look at what the mayor did this week on Twitter, and like it's uh-huh. like I know, please like take take the time that you have. It's a huge gift, and like do something real with it yeah yeah i I mean i i think it's it's great that you can acknowledge that and a lot of people are they are tied to that machine you know Mm -hmm. i mean if if you've made a name for yourself and you're like moderately successful um or at least you appear to be again we go back to like oh they're probably not doing (laughs) quite as well as you imagine you are kind of chained to you know to that fence and you you gotta just kind of throw out content as regularly mm-hmm. as you can to kind of uh get by um yeah <laughs> so how how did that release process go what like um i again i i i do know how frustrating it can be to to get ears and eyes on your uh mm-hmm. art um so mm-hmm. you know i'm curious to how that went what you did um yeah um it it f- it was very exciting, but it felt like nothing, um, much like my 2006-2007 experience. Um, uh-huh. uh, it it was. I'm so proud of the work that I that I did. That I'm I'm. It wasn't just like a ugh, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just a this sucks, but it definitely 
felt smaller than I was hoping, but I also kind of had uh, kind of buffered myself in preparation you for that. You were ready for potential yeah. disappointment. Yeah, because all of my friends are creative, so they're all kind of going to do the same, oh, congrats, that they do for like, oh, someone put up a new sketch yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a huge hurrah from them. I got some really, really nice letters from people because certain songs had resonated with them. I've gotten um, really great responses from people on Reddit and some on Twitter and um, and Facebook and family members have reached out, which is really nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. It's... Uh, I'm still you know, plugging away, trying yeah. to get it heard. Uh, America listened to it and they loved it. And Ooh. they really, really gave me an amazing, like uh, one of the lead singers forwarded it to a magazine writer and she wrote me a nice little article about That's awesome. it. And very, um, very cool. that was really rewarding to hear from them. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I don't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it's my fault that it's not going. Sure, of course. Like yeah. crazy. Um, it's just an algorithm thing and it's yes. not. You know, so Precisely. I I feel good about it. I'm going to continue doing it. I just submitted good. for NPR's Tiny Desk contest. We'll Heck see yeah. how that goes. Yeah. Well, um cause, yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean it, it's so different when you don't have the machine backing you when you don't have the major corporation. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you have people that are in the industry, it's not the same as having a whole team in a massive company yeah. dedicated to promoting your your material mm-hmm. um yeah so so yeah I'm, I'm glad it's it's not disheartening or too disheartening for mm-hmm. you i mean yeah for, for me personally, it's like systemically annoying yeah, but yes, that's just yes exactly that, that that's a great way to mm-hmm. phrase it um but it's for me personally it's all those little interactions when somebody tells me that they they like a song i wrote or they like something that i did and or that it means something to them i mm-hmm. i you know because i mean i i've gone through the, the the same thing when i was a kid obviously though that's the dream is oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be in a huge band it's gonna be great we're gonna mm-hmm. tour all the time and do the do the damn thing everywhere and uh i mean then just the world changes and you change and um mm-hmm. you know you, you you come to a lot of uh harsh realizations you know um mm-hmm. But then you swing back around and, and, and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I want to do this for me in the first place. And like, I, I want to do mm-hmm. this for connection. Like, mm-hmm. I want to talk to people and um, help people. And I, I want to express how I feel on, on mm-hmm. you know, this journey that is life. And, uh, and, and if people kind of... Um, get something out of it that's that's awesome and then you know i think it's mm-hmm. it's worth it it's worth it if if uh you know if, if you're expressing yourself honestly and yeah i think the know. thing that i the two things that i that i'm chasing when i when i write are are yeah getting emotional connection to to other um people and specifically a lot of this was was to try to reach out to my friends who maybe I'd lost touch with and and maybe give myself a little bit of confidence to connect to acquaintances that I didn't feel sure of myself around. Yeah, yeah. Um and then the other thing that I that I always want to reconnect to is that when I when I went Neopets viral, um 
uh, I got some letters from from other kids mm. who uh, said like I wanted to kill myself and this helped me and yeah. like that's like a huge thing for me and I always want to kind of chase after that like obviously writing songs is inherently solipsistic but like there's like a there's an altruistic element to it that I always want to try to for sure put yeah. into it yeah no I think that's that's a great point and I did want to kind of uh mention this and, and kind of see see your 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 thoughts on it we we did connect on an ADHD subreddit um yes yes and, we did. you know I <laughs> I'm I'm somebody with I I don't know I feel like I've got a pretty you know I mean very you know severe ADHD I, I'm like an mm-hmm. ADHD inattentive type um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Same. not so much the hyperactivity but uh mm-hmm. it just explained everything in my life when I Mm-hmm. when i you know got diagnosed um uh-huh. so i would like to know you know as much as you're comfortable how how much of that um you know not being neurotypical um mm-hmm. plays plays into your experiences you think um i i think it's yeah i think it's yeah. inherently a part of every single thing that i've done i think um yeah hopping from 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 career to career is a huge part of it. Improv, uh, as someone who's primarily inattentive ADHD, improv indulges the impulsivity and hyperactivity mm. that I'm so dissociated from for uh-huh. the most part that it feel it felt more like I was in my body. Yeah, yeah. when I was on stage doing that stuff because I think a big part of it for me is that I had all that impulsivity and hyperactivity, and then dissociated from it and became this little analytical monster this Mm. little mini 30 year old yeah (laughs) that that was running all of her impulses and hyperactivity through my brain before acting on it Mm -hmm. um so i think that's a big that was a big draw for comedy for me that's a big draw for singing and songwriting because that emotional dysregulation that i feel yep is um it's socially acceptable to sing about that stuff yeah yeah that's it's, a great point. It's like, and and you're also yeah. When you're on stage, you're kind of dissipating that extreme, that intensity yeah. over a crowd instead of giving it to one person where it might be too much. Yeah. So that's a huge part for me. Um, yeah, just changing interests all the time uh-huh. is a huge part of it. Definitely. Yeah. Well. Well said. I. I. I mean. I, I think you. That's that's something that immediately I'm like, yeah, you, you are right. And, and I, I, I can relate to that, uh, Mm -hmm. completely. Um, (laughs) so how, how do you know, think about, you know, back to the, the, the jobs you've had and, and, and loathed or came to a point where, where you loathe them. Um, how, Mm -hmm. how do you deal with, with being stuck in a miserable work environment? Um, I usually stay too long. Um, uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I tend to be an extreme people pleaser. Um, so it becomes a problem because I will take on things until I can't function anymore. Um, and then it will eventually come to a head where I'll just quit. Um, and I think sometimes it's shocking for people cause I'll go from being an, uh, a perfect employee to, uh-huh. To well, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, just, just um, being totally. Uh, you, you're you're just out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I 
That was the case for a lot of a lot of my jobs that were less in my wheelhouse. I definitely gave America a very long heads up before I quit. Um, yeah, it, of just yeah, I'm feeling burnt out sure. and stuff. But it's yeah. also easier to have that conversation with your dad than like <laughs> definitely. Uh, I, yeah, um, I can see that being true. But also, I mean, in the jobs I've had, when I actually like the people I'm working for and with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely feel more of a, an obligation or need mm-hmm. to, to, you know, communicate with them, uh, yeah. about how I'm feeling and not mm-hmm. leave them high and dry compared to when I'm working a job that I just don't give a shit about yeah. and I don't like uh-huh. other people. It's so I, I feel like it changes the game entirely. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of my jobs that I chose because they were contract work in nature, like it wasn't so hard to just kind of drop things when I was not having it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You, it, it it wasn't a shift work necessarily, or yeah, or, yeah. Um, that mm-hmm. definitely makes things easier when when you want to go your separate ways. Um, yeah. So did. Did you escape the hamster wheel that is job jumping? Uh, and if not, do you do you think escape is possible? Um, well, so far, because I'm currently unemployed, <laughs> um, I've I, well, I'm not really unemployed. I guess I'm a transcript auditor, but that's on a contract work basis, uh-huh. yeah. and that's that's whenever I want to to take work. Um, I. I don't know that I'll ever escape it. I hope I do because I there's still that part of my brain that wants to make it big and like make sure. a thing that suddenly goes crazy and I want to yeah. win this tiny desk contest mm-hmm. and yeah, of course. go on tour and maybe that'll be the end of it. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I think I'm gonna stick with with songwriting longer than the other stuff. That's the feeling that I get um, yeah. because it's something I'm doing that's independent of me. Um, caring about other people's uh-huh perceptions nonsense. of yeah yeah uh, so going forward you know now that you've kind of like gotten back into songwriting but on your own terms mm-hmm. what like what's the plan for for the future what's what's um what what do you want to accomplish um you know going going through this kind of uh, you know personal creative renaissance i guess yeah, I I want to keep writing songs. I want to keep I want to start um I've been trying to gear up working up the courage to perform live again. It's uh-huh. kind of scary after the pandemic and also having yeah. I mean, we're not after, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're pretending we're <laughs> pretending we are. Yeah, yeah, we're collectively <laughs> pretending yeah. that we're we're done with that. So, um but yeah, I kind of want to get get back to doing that kind of I want to find a performance space that feels safe to me and I want to um uh I want to keep writing and I want to keep recording this stuff and I have a couple new songs that I've kind of messed around with and um I'm still animating I still want to uh, ultimately I, I my my <laughs> worst case scenario is that I keep animating. I animate seventeen music videos oh and then goodness. do interstitials, and then it's a feature film. Like yeah. which is that would be rad. silly, but well, cool. you know what? I mean, if I keep plugging away at it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. I mean, you could do like your own Yellow Submarine or something. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That's. I mean that that sounds very ambitious. Um, I yeah. I admire uh, it. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm a little pie in the sky sometimes, but yeah, that's, sometimes that's, it pays that's off. A, yeah, so exactly. And you know, for, for me, I've I've always been the person in my friend group who I I push my friends into doing silly creative stuff like just the dumbest ideas and mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm 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 the kind of ambitious guy and they're like you're never gonna it's never gonna <laughs> we're never gonna do do this you know in its entirety you never but, know though yeah well you, you never know but then also you can kind of have a goal and you can shoot for it mm-hmm. and then i mean you'll end up somewhere you know not not quite at the end but you'll still have made a bunch of really cool things mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah, that's kind sure. of how i have rationalized um yeah you know my my idealism and ambition um yeah i think of, that's great you yeah. might as well aim for that yeah exactly mm-hmm. um brenna what would your life look like if you did not need to work to support yourself and all your needs were met what what would the the ideal version of of your life look like day to day i think it's not far off from it's not that far off from where i am i i think that it's it's more i want to do more collaborative work with people i want to be able to like get a studio and just like screw around um uh uh yeah, working on other people's projects, helping them realize their stuff. Um, uh, uh, an actual studio space would be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, because because right now I I you know I'm I'm in my living room. My birds are loud. I have a dog <laughs> that runs around and uh-huh. barks and yeah. and some of his stuff even made it into the final on my album. And we'll just pretend it wasn't there. Uh, um, <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> A lot of the time, I think that adds charm to. I I love an album where, where I hear a dog bark in the background. Uh-huh. I, think, I think that I think that could be fun. Uh huh. I'm into the flawed stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you you've trained yourself to appreciate it. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, you, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. An AI can make a perfect album, mm. but it can't yeah. can't make a, a dumb album where where your your yeah. birds keep chirping and your. Yeah, absolutely. You're, that's that's spot on. That's a great argument um <laughs> yeah i i i agree 100 110 percent um I, I think that's that's awesome that you kind of feel like you're closer to that idealized version of your life than um than farther away that's that's yeah great. obviously that's, that's the like there's yeah there are still of course insecurities about money and you know what yeah. what if something happens and something medical and and obviously that's a concern and and i'm not in a expanding mode where it's like we're gonna buy a house and you know Mm -hmm. um but i am in a place where i feel like i feel creative freedom relatively yeah i I, and i mean if that's the big priority in your life i mean it it -hmm. it doesn't have to be you don't have to be an expansionist where you want to buy a mansion or a bunch of properties or something Mm -hmm. i mean i i that, I think that that sounds pretty darn close to where I would like to be. Just mm-hmm. kind of the 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 freedom to make whatever crazy art I want with um, mm-hmm. with out too many um, anxieties about money or stability. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I can kind of be untethered from that and, and yeah. mm-hmm. have creative freedom. I think that's a super super. Um, uh, great you know exciting prospect um yeah i wish i could give it to more people 
Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the thing. It's like that that would be my huge if I had you know, the if I had twenty million dollars uh-huh. thing, it's like I would love to just like I know I have so many friends who are so deeply creative and interesting and they have these great ideas and you know, can't do anything about them. And I would love to just like give them the freedom to do nothing. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's very noble, but I, I've definitely had the same thought before. I think, I think it's selfish. Cause I just want to like see their stuff. Yeah. You just want their, <laughs> their great art to be made. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Cause that. I want to, I want to watch it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so I, I do want to, um, ask you uh you know for plugs i want to hear about the album but before that um is there anything that we missed that you wanted to to mention or bring up before we wrap this up um i don't think so we didn't really we didn't talk about my voiceover but i'm you can hear my voice and what it sounds like so yeah uh, i do voiceover too that that sounds pretty exciting anything cool notable that you've no uh... it's it's mostly you know you've reached this car dealership okay okay. come see the new ford yeah it's it's nothing very exciting i mean it sounds kind of fun that's that's something it pays i i I enjoy it yeah yeah that's that's something that i have thought of um attempting like reading audiobooks or something like that you know yeah you definitely could yeah it's 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 an idea maybe i'll dabble into you Mm -hmm. know the future um but yeah please Please let everybody know where they can find you, um, where they can get the album. Um, mm-hmm. Any other things you want to plug or shout out? Please take the floor um, and let us know. All right, yeah, um, yeah. You can you can find my uh, album on Bandcamp. It's brinnacampbell.bandcamp.com. Uh, my Instagram is Brinna Campbell. My Twitter handle is Brinna CC. Just the letters CC. Um, uh, yeah, BrennaCampbell.com is my website. I don't really keep it up to date very much, but it has all my info on it. And I'm on uh, Spotify and Apple Music and pretty much anywhere you stream music. So it's very, available there. Very cool. Definitely, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you're curious, please give it a listen. I intend to listen to the full thing. I've only had the time to listen to a few tracks, but they are pretty darn good. I've I, I, I've, I've been They're enjoying fun. it. A lot of fun. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Brenna, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. Um, yeah, it, it, this was really fun. Yeah, it was a total blast of a conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you've got a, a fascinating story. Um, I really, really hope you continue um, on your creative journey because I, uh, I, I think you're on to something very cool and special. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks again, Brenna. And uh, that about does it. All right. Thank you again to Brenna. That was an awesome conversation. I had a blast with it. Please go ahead and check out her new album, 1000 Masks. It's on all streaming platforms, and I'm also going to link to it in the show notes. It is very good, so check it out. Please rate and review Job Jumpers on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Get us in the good graces of apple uh it goes a long way little rating and reviewing goes a long way if you're interested in being on the podcast or sharing a story to be read on the podcast uh shoot an email to me at jobjumperspod at gmail.com i want to hear all of your stories please if you think you're boring i i guarantee you're not 
You can follow us on social media. We are at Job Jumpers Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And most importantly, folks, keep jumping. See ya.